computer. It's good. So, welcome back to the APS podcast. I'm delighted that we're joined by what I would hope I can call a good friend, Ian Helps. Ian has been on the APS journey as long as anybody. He is the father um, of the ethics um, thinking around the APS and was the chief author with uh, some wonderful other people around setting the ethics exam up. He has pivoted with a view to, to wanting to help many people around the world to now lead the APS uh, mental health and well-being work stream with a number of other people, which we'll hear more of throughout this call and podcast. Um, so, Ian, welcome, and thank you for spending the, the next 20-odd minutes with us today. Um, would you like to just give a little bit of insight as to who you are and what you're going to be doing with the, the APS in terms of mental health and well-being? Thank you, Andy. Uh, so... My mission in life is to help a million people to thrive and everything I do, I hope, is driven by that purpose. Uh, in terms of the mental health agenda, the well-being, we are in the most profound change. Many of us in the profession are facing new circumstances that we've never faced before. And it's, I would suggest, seeing life through the lens of change, which is where um, perhaps we should start. So change has been looked at by a lot of psychologists. The most famous one is Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who looked at trauma, she looked at bereavement, she looked at the emotional journey that we all go through when we are faced with deep and very uh, hard-hitting change. And what we see at the moment is different people being able to cope with that change in different ways. Um, so, Andy, I think it will be great just to get your sense of um, you know, what what we should um, move on to next. Yes, I, I, what I'd like to explore in is um, obviously the these are I think it's fair to say unprecedented times in terms of the cause of what's going to actually affect us economically. Obviously in, in my working life and yours, we've had the financial crisis, we've had um, the dot-com crisis, so to speak, before that, and 10 years before that, there was the kind of property crisis in terms of you know re recalibrating and resetting the economy. I think what's obviously interesting is in all of those previous downturns, what has happened is that sales forces have been trimmed down because those were U-shaped downturns or in some instances even a, a, you know, a, a very lopsided V with a sharp decline and a very shallow re um, re um, recovery out of that, you know, a little bit more of an elevated L, so to speak. But this is the one where everybody you know, looks and says, we'll probably get through this, we will get through this, it's the health crisis that's leading the economic crisis. But the consequence of this is that everybody knows that they will need sellers on the other side of this and in short order. China's come through this relatively quickly in six to eight weeks and is back now as an economy in selling. So this is one of these really rare scenarios where a company probably really has to think about looking after its sellers 
and the consequences to their mental health and well-being um, are really you know important right now so I wanted to get your sense on we've been talking about well-being in sellers we've been talking about the fact that APS research has showed that um, you know work-life balance and mental health is an issue and then all of a sudden bang this comes along and has accelerated that issue what what do you think that the that sellers need right now and, and employers need to think about in terms of how to keep themselves sane and navigate through this <laughs> thank you andy um so the the raw statistics are that any one time one in four of us has a mental health issue it's rare that there's an open discussion between a seller and their organization, their direct line manager, or even their colleagues on mental health issues. There surely must be no doubt that the pressure on us is more than in normal steady state. And therefore it's probably more than one in four of us that is really struggling at the moment. Uh, I will always go back to the yin and yang of selling, the art and the science, the people and the revenue. And any of us in sales, and that includes myself, I'm, I sell for my own company, as well as do uh, training for others. It's how we balance that duty to people and that duty to the shareholder in a judicious way at the moment. What I do see is there are a huge number of sales leaders and sales professionals that really get what's required at the moment. So I was with an organization a couple of weeks ago. There are 30 of us together in a room. The last face-to-face -face event I'll do for a long time. It was due to be two days of training. It turned out to be one and a half days. And then the last half day was talking about the response to coronavirus. And the response was interesting. It was led by the most senior sales professionals some people who had 30 years of experience in selling through different cycles. And the response was unanimous. This is the time to be human. This is the time to reach out to your customers, to be there with them as a human. You may or may not be able to sell anything to them at the moment, but we will all remember who was there for us in this difficult time. And while we were discussing that as a group, literally in that same time period, one of the group got an email from an insurance company saying, basically, dear person who's suffering, here's some cover that might work for you. No discussion, just send them an email. And a collective groan went around the room as we could see the difference between the human side of selling and the just cold transactional sale so i think that's that's one part of it as a as a sales leader therefore of course one's going to be under pressure to hit a number and yet expectations are shifting one of the differences i think with this one is we're all in this together every single person in the western world is in this together. We're all experiencing the same thing. So there's this almost universal acceptance that things are gonna be slightly different for a while. 
And if we go back to what I said before about you with customers as the best human being you can be, you're with them, you're giving them whatever support you can right now. It might not be selling. It might just be someone to listen with, someone to talk to, someone to chat with. I know people that have virtual coffees now, you know, sitting down with Zoom calls and having a coffee together. That then positions you as a seller and you as an organization to be in that best place as and when someone wants to buy again. Um, and so this is the time, I think, for humanity to come to the fore as an uh, almost an exceptional bias, knowing that the revenue will flow if you do the right basics now. Um, and maybe we've all got to accept that things are going to shift a bit just as we go through this period. That's remarkably insightful. So you know, playing that back, what you, 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 you looked at, which was the, I think the summary of Kurt Leinhold, the, the Austrian um, uh, philosopher and theorist who talks about humanity over technology. Yeah. Uh, you've seen, you know, an instance here, an insurance company probably using AI and uh, technology to blanket bomb lots and lots of people. Whereas you, you're actually saying is there is a way to use technology to remain human, uh, yes. to be considerate of people and find out how they're doing such that as things move forward, which they inevitably will, those people will remember that that humanity and your interest and your empathy. Yes. Uh, yeah, that will obviously make, you know, a relationship and trust still being core as it always will be. That will be the, the, the catalyst for people to start doing business together again. Uh, absolutely. And it was absolutely unanimous from these very, very senior professionals, you know, these A players that one gets in sales, people who are just wired for sales and have demonstrated it through a very long, successful career, that unanimous, this is the time to be there for people. It was so, it's so simple. And yet as sales leaders, we are still under that pressure to hit the number. And I, I appreciate that. And it's be in the best place you can be. Now, I guess that's all I would say. Be in the best place you can be so that as and when the customer wants to buy, they are, you are top of mind for them. I think that's absolutely fascinating because, you know, yesterday we had a, a, a new uh, an emerging corporate relationship confirmed that they wanted to uh, work with the APS going forward, which was fantastic because it showed that there is still an, an economy. Yes, it's not going to be straightforward to document, but it was it was a great kind of boost to the entirety of, of the APS. But I think one of the things that you're playing back here is that, that, that fundamentally now, you know, customer relationship management isn't about numbers of spreadsheets. It's about connecting to people. Yes. And actually people will have a little bit more time to connect with you uh, and to explore what they think the recovery plan is going to be. And I, I think one of the key things that will be a requirement, Ian, and I'd be very interested in your view, is as we settle with the new normality, how do we settle on mindset and that mindset of positivity that we will all come through yeah. this together? Because I think that's the battleground. What's your view on that? Um, 
absolutely right. And also, I, I would just encourage everyone to look at whatever you, you find around this idea of the change curve. Um, this week, I expect to be on webinars on the subject of mental health in sales, looking after yourself, selling well, uh, with about 500 people, give or take. And that curve of change that we go through when we're faced with a, a real shock, a step change, is so well understood. And we understand that. And when we understand it, we can manage ourselves through it to positivity. And you need to um, have people you talk to, people who will listen to you, people who will empathize with you to get you through this curve. So my fundamental request to everyone is this is like going on a plane with a safety briefing. Put on your own oxygen mask first and then you're in a great position to help others. So to get through that curve of change, we go through phases like shock and denial. It can't be happening. If I ignore it, it's gonna go away. You know, loss, it was okay the way it used to be. It used to be I could go and visit my customers and we'd go and have a, a meal or we'd sit down, we'd talk about things. I can't do that anymore. Anger, you know, our anger to the politicians, our anger for the, the health professionals for not having got enough respirators, whatever it is. And only when we've got through that shock and denial, that loss, that anger, do we then get to a point which psychologists call the hang in point, which is the bottom of the emotional curve. This is for real. What will be, will be. And bear in mind that for us and for others, we're all at different places on that journey. It's only when you've gone through that hang-in point and to get there, you need social discussion, you need listening, you need people that empathize with you so that you can play through those emotions with others, get yourself sorted out only then can you go into engagement and buy-in and action and then be in the positive mindset, a positive frame of mind. So to get to that positive frame of mind, there's a don't skip those first steps. Because if you do skip those steps of which are basically looking after yourself, if you don't look after yourself first and you try and jump to being positive, it's a false positive. You know it your family know it, your colleagues know it, your customers know it. And that false positive is where false selling, I would suggest, comes from. Because you are trying to put on a mask of being positive. And because there's that mask that you believe, but maybe the person you're talking to on a Zoom call with doesn't, it, um, what it does is it gives you a false perspective. It gives you a perspective that's not the way the customer sees it. And that's when the disconnect happens, that you as a seller might be very excited about what you could sell them because you pumped yourself up. That customer you're talking to, you may not know it, but they may have just suffered from some huge trauma. I was talking to someone a couple of days ago. Their friend had been in hospital for a week with coronavirus. This was a sales leader. And you could tell in his voice that he was struggling with that. So my request to everyone is manage your own journey of change, 
get the basics right so you get through it, then the positivity absolutely will flow. And then you'll be in a great place to do what you can do to um, really be able to sell as the best sales professional. Because right now, has there ever been a more global compelling event for innovation and change? Just look at the news this morning. Dyson is going to produce ventilators. Someone in Italy managed to come with a workaround to convert a scuba mask into a, a respirator. They've got 500 of those. Or look how many of us are on Zoom calls now with, our, uh, with people we work with or customers. We're all in T-shirts. I was with someone the other day. His child walked across the background. You know, it's very human. Um, and that's all okay. And it's... If we've managed our own journey of change, we are going to be in a phenomenal place, both for ourselves and our organizations, to be the one that prospers when we get through this, which we will. Uh, if we don't, we'll just keep cycling back and wondering why we're not effective in selling. I think that's absolutely wonderful. And I think as we reach the conclusion of this, um, I think the humanity of sales leadership will also be vitally important. You know, we, we know through certain activities which we'll uncover with the work stream that you're leading that, that a lot of sellers don't necessarily feel valued under normal circumstances. Lots don't mm -hmm. hit goal for various reasons like overquotering, et cetera. Yes. But it's now when those leaders are human with their people and give them a great experience and an opportunity to learn and develop the soft skills that have been missing for so long, be rewarded for it and invest in themselves, that they'll feel valued and then they'll give, as you say, great experiences through this with their clients in a relationship management mode and then a great experience in long-term value creation as we come through this. And I think it's a great wake-up call for sales leaders as you say is the new normal will not be what it was it will be a more human way that people do go back to interacting with each other yeah there's a lot of going back to basics going back to basics in you know just being at home getting the the sort of simple things right which is what happens when you're dealing with traumatic change you know, if I go back to the works of um, Maslow on psychological um, hierarchies, we've all been talking about kind of having good fun in the world, doing the most amazing things, FOMO, social media, being the best version of ourselves we can be. Um, Abraham Maslow, when he looked at it, said, yeah, actually, you need to get the basics in place first. Then you build up successively on that. And what I think we're seeing is we're actually going back to the very basics of what it means to be human, the very basics of what it means to have great relationships. And there is a shift. And you mentioned the connection between humanity and technology. The shift to adoption of video-based selling is immense. And if I just go to a very different world, the world of therapy, in the world of therapy, they've done some research back in 2012 but if you're going through CBT, cognitive behavior therapy, is it best to be in the same room or is it best to do it remotely? And that what they found, which shocked them, was actually doing it by video wasn't actually any less effective. 
Now imagine what that means. So it means at a time when you're feeling incredibly vulnerable as an individual seeking therapy, kind of whether someone's on video or whether they're with you, it's kind of, it's all about the same. What they actually found was on video was slightly better for, for patients in that case, and because it was more convenient. Now, pivot that to sales. What does that mean for sales? I would suggest we are going to see a shift. We're going to be in this world for so long, one way or another, it will become habits. It's not just a week or two and then we'll forget about it. So some things will shift. Of course, we'll keep field sales and there'll be many more interactions on video than there has been in the past. If you go back to the basics of inside selling, the thing that always impresses me about inside sellers, people selling on the web, people selling on the phone, unable to visit customers, is they are absolutely ruthless about doing the research, ruthless about their social media presence. I spoke to someone who runs a, a company focused on that. His people are drilled on a routine of spending the first hour of every day um, on LinkedIn, on social media, um, finding out what's going on, providing insights, being part of the conversation. And I wonder how many salespeople do that. And I wonder how many managers give their team the space to find this new way of working. Because what we've all got, oh God, that's wrong, isn't it? Many of us have at the moment is time we didn't used to have. We've got for a while time and space while our world has changed, while organizations and customers adapt. So for all of us on mental health, what I'm asking people is, Please take this time to think about how you can look after yourself mentally, physically and spiritually so that you look after yourself, you look after your family and your customers. You're going to be a better human for everyone. And yeah, you're going to be more successful. You're going to sell more. It's not either or, it's both. And as a manager stroke sales leader, do you have the wisdom to follow that with your team? I think I think that's absolutely wonderful, and you know what you know calls out to me is actually as you said we're going to go back to the basics. You have time to prepare, you have time to research, you have time to build intimacy and knowledge with the people that you're going to prospect or the people that you're looking after, uh, and that 25 years ago, 30 years ago, was exactly what we were all taught in sales. You know understand how to prepare for a meeting, understand that people that you're going to meet be in their world. And technology has probably robbed us from doing a lot of those things. So we have time to pivot back to a lot of what we were doing, but we've probably educated ourselves out of, because as you say, we're time poor. Yes. So I, I think that's a wonderful way of, of probably reaching the conclusion today. Thank Is you. there any closing comments that you'd like to share? My only closing comment is both for sales leaders and salespeople, consciously manage your journey of change. Look after yourself, get yourself in good shape. And the better shape you're in mentally, physically, spiritually, the better place you're going to be in for your family and friends who need you right now and your customers. And then the better shape you're going to be in to be an amazing sales professional who gets it, whose customers cherish them 
coming out of whatever strange period we're going through. That's a wonderful conclusion. So Ian, again, thank you so much for your time today. I'm thank really excited about the team that you're leading and, and what we're going to be able to achieve on this really uh, timely issue right now with uh, in terms of mental health and well-being for salespeople. Um, thank you very much again and uh, <clears throat> I look forward to continuing to work with you as we go forward. Thank you, Andy.